Okay, welcome to episode one of Screen 17 podcast with myself, Ray Hogg, Eddie Bolton, and Rob Mullen. And this week we're going to be talking about um, uh, podcast questions that Eddie sent on to us. Do you want to explain a bit what we're doing here, Eddie? Yeah, so um, uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to um, is called Holy Backcast. And um, Holly Backcast, along with another podcast called The Nightlight, came together and put together during uh, quarantine and lockdown. Mm. Uh, 30 questions for your favorite Batman-esque uh, items. So actor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's 30, 30 days have September, April, June, uh, 31 <laughs> questions to go through. <laughs> I still do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> We have 31 questions to go through. Um, so, over. so 31 episodes, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, one hour for episodes, yeah. This will ramble uh, on so as much as we can. We'll, uh, we'll put these into a few episodes. So yeah. that's the idea. <clears throat> I think uh, this episode we're going to try and squeeze in 10, although we may not hit all 10. So we might have to kind of let them overflow into the next episode. So without any delay, we might as well get into the first one. So question one is... Name your favorite live action Batman actor. So that is an actor who played Batman, not just in the general Batman sphere. That's how I wanted to take the question. Because <laughs> that could have been <laughs> anyone. Yep. Um, so do you want to take it, Eddie? Do you give us your first answer on that one? Sure, yeah. Um, so mine is a predictable, um, if, if you know me. Um, it's Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought... Uh, for a character arc, he portrayed Batman in his, in the beginning for a little bit in his prime, and um, and at the end as well when he was older. So I think you get like a through line of what Bruce Wayne and Batman is is meant to be, and an overall story arc which I don't think you get with Michael Keaton. You certainly don't get it with either Val Kilmer or George Clooney. Mm. Um, and we'll see what happens with Robert Pattinson. But right now, I think. Um, for my preferences and what Batman um, should be, Christian Bale gave a performance that um, yeah led credence to what I perceive as um, as what Batman's all about. And uh, I thought he kind of married the whole idea that Bruce Wayne is separate to Batman, but he kind of also had the he had the wherewithal to know that they're the same person at the at the end of the day. So uh, for me, it's Christian Bale. Is there any particular Batman moment that he portrayed in his role that kind of makes it stand out for you? Uh, the scene in Batman Begins where the the cop, the crooked cop, is hung up, and uh, and he says to Batman, uh, "I swear to God," and and uh, <laughs> Batman says, "Swear to me." The the immortal swear to me. Laryngitis yeah. voice. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much uh, encapsulates Christian Bale and his intensity through those three films. <laughs> it's almost become such a, a, an amazing parody that if anyone thinks of Christian Bale's Batman impression, it's just yeah, yeah, completely. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, what about yourself, Rob? Uh, what's your yeah? Um, pretty much the same points as Ed. I have the same answer, Christian Bale. Um, okay, and I think. It's kind of unfortunate. I, w- I really wanted to go with Ben Affleck, mm. um, but he just doesn't have the same scope and body in his character. Yeah. He didn't get to express his Batman 
ish enough. Like no falling of the self, though. No, I mean it wasn't Batman v Superman. Wasn't mm. really a Batman movie. Um, yeah, I mean Christian Bale. He just got to have a full scope. He had a full story arc, as Ed said. Mm. Um, Michael Keaton. I guess he, like they had the plans for the third movie, but he didn't get to complete it. Mm. Um, I think Bruce Wayne, even like physically, he embodies the idea of, or sorry, Christian Bale, um, physically embodies Bruce Wayne and Batman a little bit more than Michael Keaton does. Mm. Like I did like Michael Keaton as Batman, yeah, but it's very cartoonish, I think, in light of Christian Bale. Mm, that's um, I have a lot of criticisms about that voice these days. Like, it's, I'm I really love the Dark Knight, but say that line reading at the end when he's hanging joker upside down um and he's like just talking to him and finishing his little soliloquy it's just it's bad it's bad batman voice i think uh it just could have been done so much better there was like some christian some comments even from kevin conroy and that mm. like hey I, I could show you a good batman voice <laughs> it doesn't have to sound like that mm. um yeah. yeah it's kind of weird because like there's there are parts in the Christian Bale Batman where he's trying to deliver a very kind of poignant like line and he's so focused on differentiating his voice. Like is the word he's speaking to Rachel and he goes, It's not who I am, Maris. But what I do that's what finds me. Well it's like it's really like <laughs> it's like his teeth are missing. <laughs> what I do finds me. <laughs> I it, mean, it's <laughs> it's just a very, I, very unusual voice choice. <laughs> like he has to hide his voice somehow, right? Mm. I don't know if everyone is like this, but do you know when you're watching a movie and maybe you just hear a voice say somewhere in the movie, like, "Oh, I've, yeah. I know who that is. I've heard that guy somewhere." Yeah, yeah. And I think you know if Batman didn't hide his voice somehow, everyone would recognize, "Hey, that guy sounds a lot like that billionaire Bruce Wayne who we've seen and heard a lot yeah. in the news." It's also very similar to um, completely off topic, but I was listening to a, a podcast excerpt from a oh, what's your man Gilbert Godfrey, and he actually has a normal voice. Batman! Oh my god, it's Batman! <laughs> but like, I've actually heard a voicemail of him talking to uh, like a, pu- a publisher about him doing a role, and it's like, hi, um, yeah, it's uh, Gilbert Godfrey here, and I'm just phoning you back. And it's like, there. Batman just needed a Gilbert Godfrey voice. Yep. <laughs> Where the other drugs going? <laughs> that would be really intimidating. <laughs> Which is scary. Please stop um, talking. I'll tell you anything you need to know. Good God, man. Um, cool. I mean, uh, my den, my pick is probably fairly obvious. Um, well, maybe not, but I think Eddie might know my pick is Keaton. Um, I think Keaton for me kind of defined like i know it was definitely direct directional role from tim burton but keaton kind of embodied that kind of new era of batman being dark um he kind of had you know work with the physicality of the suit and gave us that very iconic you know neck turn where his his whole body's turning like sasquatch um but the the other thing as well i know that the christian bell does do a very kind of similar kind of change between the, the kind of playboy Bruce Wayne versus the kind of very um, kind of crazy Batman. But like, in a way, I think Keaton shows that craziness as well because his Bruce Wayne is very kind of dorky, like kind of like socially awkward, like, oh, doesn't really know what to do. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. But then when he's Batman, he knows exactly what he's doing, 
what 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 he has to do and he like he's in full control of his emotions so it's almost like his personality disorder is way more defined because when he's bruce wayne he's just completely like oh yeah grand 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 but as batman he's like literally chalk and cheese um now i think like how they portray superman a lot of the time saying that hmm. it's like the very classic superman where um he's just a goofy awkward kind of guy when he's clark kent yeah 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 and no one would believe this awkward guy is superman yeah yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I can't remember which Superman movie it was, whether it's the first or second one, where he's about to reveal himself to Lois and he's in her apartment and he takes off the glasses and he's reciting it to himself and his whole posture changes and he's like, I'm Superman. And he's like, as soon as she enters the room again, he like slumps, puts the glass back on and he's like dittering. He's like, oh, 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 oh Lois, Lois. you're the, the. And it's like such a weird veil to, to cast in yourself like the character that he's playing is actually clark kent and superman's the real character um that's why i like richard bale's uh, performance as well because he bruce wayne to the public guy is just an asshole mm. who is a womanizer uh throwing his money left right and center doesn't care about anyone else in mm. gotham just cares about himself and um, that you can see you know at, a, at his party in batman begins that he you know, he kind of just ki- kicks everyone out of his own party and yeah. calls them all terrible people and to, you know, leave them alone. Um, so I guess that, you know, where's the idea that that same person is going to be Batman, which is the it's similar to what you both are saying about Superman and Keaton. Um, mm. The idea that this person could be this hero is uh, is out the window. Um, so I think the same point sticks with Bale as well. Yeah, I think the only person who dramatically fails that is George Clooney because like, there's no difference between George Clooney's Bruce Wayne and George Clooney's Batman. <laughs> it's like, hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. We're all bobbly, bobbing our heads right now. For if, you want, if you want to take over the city, you're going to have to go through me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Grant, uh, we'll move on then to question number two. And we'll keep the same rotation um, if that suits you guys. So favorite live action Batman movie? Yeah. Um, all of them. There are a lot now. Um, now, I wonder, does this include movies featuring Batman? Or just do they have to be a Batman solo outing? Probably well, if, no, you're, no. if you're picking one that features Batman anyway, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, well, I mean, BVS could be. Yeah, BVS is good. Yeah, Batman's it, in the title. It, it, yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Whereas Justice League, I don't know. That's not a Batman movie. Mm. Um, <clears throat> for me, it's Batman Begins. Um, so I remember going to see Batman and Robin in Virgin Cinema when it was, it was at the time my cousin brought me, mm. and I would have been ten, and um, just turned ten. And saw the film, thought, you know, I, I I vaguely remember some scenes from it, having watched it. Um, but I grew up loving Batman to that point. So Batman the Animated Series was um, was one of those things that's, that's just stayed with me since I was a kid. Mm. But there was a period of eight years where I didn't really think about that show or Batman Um and I blame it all on Batman and Robin. <laughs> all that is on that wow. film. Um, it it clearly killed something of my childhood. <laughs> that the, film, the post traumatic so, stress of it. 
So I remember going to see, uh, I remember my, I was, it was my, when I was doing my leave insert, um, I think we just finished an exam or we'd, we'd finished all of our exams and um, my, one of my best friends in school just texted me and said, hey, myself and my brother are going to go and see the new Batman movie. Do you want to come along? And I hadn't mm. seen a trailer, nothing for it. I didn't know what I was expecting. I had no expectations going in. And I went in and came out of the film with my jaw on the floor and just the my love of Batman was rekindled in, in just you know two hours, fifteen minutes. Um it's and ever since I've just, you know, you you guys know, um it's been Batman galore since. Yeah. Um, just a little, yeah. <laughs> so um, that, that film just rekindled everything for me. And um yeah, I love it the bits and it's it holds a special a special place in, in my heart. I think it's I'd still consider it my favorite film ever. Oh right. So, for another podcast, there's yeah, spoiler. Yeah, if we ever yeah. do that. Yeah, just talk about Batman Begins for there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you're right. Yeah, it's. I like how you couched it so much in your experience at the time. I think that's it's so important. Um, too often we're like looking and thinking about movies that we love, going, "Oh no, it's absolutely the movie that makes me love it," and that's true to some extent. But it's your life at the time, and I think that's why I have to say The Dark Knight. Okay. Um, obviously, it's a great movie, but mm. that was the year I finished college. So I was literally just finishing college. Um, great summer ahead of me. We went traveling that summer. It was brilliant. You know, just a young man out there enjoying life. Um, and then I get this amazing movie. Like, it's not just a Batman movie. It's a fantastic crime movie. Mm. Um, it showed us, like, I already knew Heath Ledger was a good actor. Um, but it really showed us what he could do. Uh, obviously, it then made us really sad because he wouldn't ever do it again. Yeah. Um, but it, there's just so much to it. I think I like Batman Begins for starting the story, really kicking it off. But there's just so much better writing in The Dark Knight, I think. There's so mm. much better characterization. Um, it really takes control of that Batman story and grounds it. It's more you of know, a Nolan have... film, The Dark Knight. Yes. Like it's... It's it's him with Batman, whereas I feel like he he needed to try and make a Batman film uh, for Batman Begins, but then he was a, he was able to you know he was more comfortable in his own skin. I think with that property in the Dark Knight, so I think yeah. Dark Knight's a better film than Batman Begins. Yeah, because didn't like Warner Brothers they like didn't Nolan want the first one to be called The Dark Knight Begins? And they were like, you can't release yeah. a Batman movie without Batman in the title. And I think once they saw how successful the franchise was, they were like, okay, grand. But they ruined it. They could have been called the proper Dark Knight trilogy. You should go but back Rob, and rename that first movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, just Rob, put it remember we were, we were in London, um, like, a couple of weeks, or th- two or three weeks before um, The Dark Knight came out. And I don't know if you remember this, Ray, but they released the opening scene on a Batman Begins um, DVD or Blu-ray from The Dark Knight. So the bank heist yeah. was on like a reissued DVD of Batman Begins. Really? And we walked into HMV. Yeah, we walked into HMV in, uh, on Oxford Street. And um, every TV around was showing that scene from The Dark Knight. And we, we, we were clamoring for this film. And... We were walking around with our hand over our eyes in the. <laughs> I don't want to see a second of this film. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it definitely took everyone by storm. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, and I'm so glad. I mean, I think that movie actually kicked off my dislike of watching trailers and like leaks and things for for movies that I'm actually excited about. Yeah. Because just seeing that scene in the cinema for the first time, and it's such a good scene. Like that could just be a short movie. You know, it is really. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. Like it could, it almost, it feels like a shot-to-shot like indie crime flick, and like you wouldn't even know it was a Batman movie until the Joker reveal. When he goes, whatever, you know, because he makes you yeah. weirder. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. It's actually the Joker. Um, and I think Dark Knight Rises gets a lot of kind of post-rationalization hate these days. Um, but that opening scene in Dark Knight Rises just doesn't stand up. Yeah. It's good, but it's nowhere near as good. Yeah. Um, and it's it's strange. It's like even going back to our favorite Batman. I think Christian Bale is the best Batman. I feel like saying Michael Keaton's the best Bruce Wayne. Mm. Um and it, Bat- Dark Knight is really a Batman movie, whereas Batman Begins is a Bruce Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not Batman yet. Mm. And there's just there's so much good action. There's so much good writing. And what a cast as well. Like yeah. even incidental <laughs> characters like, um, is it Mark Roberts, Julia Roberts' brother? Eric. Eric, Eric Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he's really good as the kind of mob boss, isn't he? Or one of them. Yeah. Mm. Sweet, sweet. Um, cool. I'll, my one then, um, like I've, I guess I'm kind of firmly in the the Burton era of Batman, but it's Batman Returns. Um, there, there's a few like main reasons it's it's possibly my favorite Batman. The, like one, the rewatchability of that movie is I find that one far more rewatchable than possibly any other Batman movie. Like I love The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight's a much better movie. But rewatchability, I think Batman Returns has a bit more uh, levity. It's it's lighter, it's easier to digest, and it's better. It kind of stands on its own a bit better. Um, but like, it's where you know Warner Brothers kind of took their hand off the wheel a bit and gave Tim Burton a bit more kind of control. He you know put this real kind of dark spin on the Penguin and and Catwoman, and you know read redesigned the suits a bit. Uh, Dark is one term for it, yeah. Huh? Dark is one term for it, yeah. But like, (laughs) just the even intro of that movie is just so weird. Like it's like it has a a pre prelude, um, like where it's like the or the penguins' parents and they're sitting in a stately manner and they give birth to this like freakish monster, and like funny, funny little fact: the father's played by the guy who plays Pee Wee Herman, um, who actually played the penguins' father in Gotham, um. But like they just go out to the to the woods and dump their baby in the river and it just flows into the ocean. But that whole opening scene where the, oh, the bassinet the what goes to the sewers. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's what I meant. Um. But where you have the bassinet kind of flowing through the tunnel and then the music's just playing over that. It's just so cool. Um, That's amazing. But even like um, I know this is a point that Eddie loves about the movie as well. The fact is like set at Christmas and seeing Gotham in a kind of snowy kind of desolate kind of vibe where there's less people on the street because it's cold but also just like misty and, and the contrast of black and white it's just fast fantastic movie just like i can i can't sing its praise high enough yeah that's the one i i've probably seen the most but that's not because it's my favorite but because it's christmas and i mm. i rewatch it every single christmas so i it's it's the i'm pretty certain it's the batman film i've seen the most amount of times and i do love it it's great yeah it's funny. It's funny you say that. Like I remember as a kid thinking that too that it is a Christmas movie, but somewhere along the way I kind of forgot about it. Mm. Like not forgot about the movie, but forgot that yeah, it is 
It's a Christmas movie. In the same way Die Hard is. There's Christmas trees everywhere in Batman Returns. They're like, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's got the, the Christmas presents at the end as well. Like, you know, he's... Well, through the whole movie, they're they're carrying Christmas presents, I think. Oh, yeah. And sure, the last line is... Um, Happy Christmas, Alfred, and goodwill to all men and women. Mm. And women. <laughs> and women. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a good point, Ray. Like that's it's such people forget. You know, the previous Batman was Adam West. It was really campy yeah. and cartoony, and then Frank Miller came along with Dark Knight uh, Returns. And Tim Burton kind of embodied that in the movies. Mm, yeah. You know, that that dark Batman as opposed to this light grey blue suit. We had this just pure black, um almost villain looking guy. Like he finally looks like someone you'd be scared of. Yeah. Uh, and that movie really embodies it. Um cool. Uh right, so we'll move on to question three. Uh favorite live action Batmobile. Now this could be controversial depending on what people pick but back to you eddie um do i feel like i feel like you're not gonna pick this i feel i feel like i'm going i'm now going towards your area of um Mm. and you're going to just take it away when you get to you uh my favorite batmobile is batman 89 um by a million miles um i love the design it's iconic it's hmm. when people, when anyone asks you to describe the Batmobile, you would describe the 89 one. You would not, you would possibly the 66 version. Yeah. Um, depending what age you are. But no one is going to, uh, as much as I think the, um, oh God, why blanking on it? The Nolan. Oh, the Bat uh, Pod? Is that what it's called? No, that's the bike. The ta- Bat Tank? Uh, tumbler. 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 See, uh, that's no, just like no. exactly obvi- like obvious reason. Like you couldn't even remember the name of what it's supposed there to be. Go. <laughs> yeah, I love the tumbler. It's cool. Um, and it's like it different. makes sense in that world, world. I think. Yeah, exactly. It fits with the world. Yeah, but the I don't know. I love the cartoonish aspect of the Batmobile. It doesn't make a lick of sense. He needs a wire to be able to turn turn the car. Um, but it's it getting looks- away. No, no, oh, no. There's a ninety degree like, turn coming up. <laughs> What, was it Mythbusters called, where they did that? I yeah. think they they tried that in Mythbusters once, and they couldn't find a single piece of uh, high tension steel that would actually cope with the forces required to turn a car that way. Really, they're not Batman, though. <laughs> yeah, he made his own. But yeah. uh, that's 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 by far my favorite. I I, I love it, and mm. I have uh, I have a couple of models of it around the place. Um, so yeah, I think this might be an almost unanimous decision then, because I'm going to go with Batman eight, 1989. It, for all the same reasons, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, I'll go into it a little bit more in one of our last questions. Um, the Tumblr, it suffers from the problem that Chris Nolan was trying to make these movies look realistic, mm. like they could happen, like you could have yeah. a Batman, and it doesn't look like a Batmobile. It looks like a big black tank-looking thing. Yeah. It looks like an APC from Afghanistan. And the thing is, and I get the, that, that, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, like the thing is, it's it's so clunky like i don't even know how effectively that would have driven through the streets of gotham covertly like the it didn't. Alien... He, he had to blow up a bunch of cars just to drive down the road he's flying on rooftops ray oh <laughs> that thing must have weighed about three tons easily 
It would crush those houses. Yeah. He's Batman. The amount of insurance claims <laughs> Batman has fucking caused. He's caused more personal grief to these people than the mob ever did. Um, but I'll just cap it off with saying, yeah, I mean, it was so iconic. I mean, it kind of defined what the animated series Batmobile was going to look like. I know they kind of used it as a basis and then they kind of tailored it for animation so it wouldn't have so many intricate parts. But yeah, best Batmobile in in the conclusion. So question four then. Um We'll spin around a bit quicker. So, favorite live action Joker? I feel like you're going to say, um, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> like, have you watched any other Batman films bar, bar uh, Batman and um, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> there are no other movies. <laughs> um, so, uh, my favorite live action Joker is um, Heat Ledger. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Like, his performance is so weird mm. and it's like, do you know the funny thing is like when i heard the the first teaser trailer and i when i heard Heath ledger was playing the joker like a lot of people i went the guy from a knight's tale yeah i just thought oh the guy from 10 hey, things i hate about you i like both of those movies those are good movies I, oh I they're love, great movies I, they're I, good I, movies but i i i love 10 things i hate about you um yeah. but i couldn't match the joker with him in my head at the time and then the first teaser trailer came out, which is about 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And it's just voice. It's just uh, some of the voices. Yeah. With the bat symbol coming. And when I heard the Joker's voice, it's like I couldn't believe that voice hadn't been put to the Joker before. Because it mm. just fits so well. And it was like I'd, it was nearly like I'd heard that voice as the, as the Joker. Um, like all your life. And... Yeah. It's so, it was mm. so weird. I was like, oh my God, this just fits. This is perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. And his performance matched the voice um, afterwards. Um, going. Do you ever the- hear the Tom Waits recording from like the seventies yeah. where yes, he's on yeah. a talk show and it's just yeah. identical? Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, and I guess you know, poor Heath Ledger, but he he went too far into the character and found it tough to deal with, and mm. um, that just goes to show what an incredible performance it is that he was so far deep into into the mindset of that character. Um, and it shows on screen. It's excellent. And I don't know if we'll ever see a better one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I just, I don't think personally that you can top Cesar Romero. <laughs> the gall to paint on top of your mustache. I was just about to say, yeah, like when you go back and watch it and you see that this, this face paint on top of his mustache. <laughs> Apparently, some of the action figures have the tash on on it. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, That's amazing. You're, you're of course right. Um, it's Heat Ledger every time. Um, he, as I said earlier, uh, Dark Knight is a Batman movie, and for that reason, Batman isn't always the big star of it. He's kind of the background character mm. that skulks around the shadows and takes down Heat Ledger. Um, he gets so much characterization, and I love the fact you don't know his origin. Um, I get maybe in the Tim Burton one they wanted to show you know some motive for why the Joker was doing what he was doing, but that mm. completely missed the modern telling of the Joker that it's just an agent of chaos. He is just yeah. doing whatever the hell he wants that messes up everyone's plans every time. He doesn't really need a reason; he just goes out and does it. Um, so yeah, it was great. You know, I can't possibly compare it to Suicide Squad Joker. It's yeah, it's just. Oh, you can compare. Hard. You could, but <laughs> it would just be a very yeah. unfair comparison. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be in a full agreement of, with my answer is also um, Heath Ledger's Joker. I mean, oh very close second is um, surprisingly not even Jack Nicholson or Jared Leto is um, Cameron Monaghan's version of the Joker from Gotham. I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but... I don't think any of us expected you to say that. Yeah, I mean, no, honestly... Um, it, it's it's worth like the tv show is not worth watching it's like it's just so disappointing um but like his version of the joker was very good like he he's introduced as a very kind of shy boy and then he's like my mother you know used to hit me and then he's at a table and they basically call bs on his story and know that he killed this person and his just his face just changes from like solemn to like he gets the eyebrows and then the grin comes up and goes yeah got me and he's just like changes like in a snap of a finger and he does so many different versions of the joker through that gotham tv show like the kind of weird origin he goes through the whole death in the family where he cuts off his own face and stitches it back on um he does the whole kind of just polite posh joker where it's just like a little bit of lipstick and eyeliner uh to the kind of crazy version at the end which is like really fell in a vat of acid joker which is like kind of crazy in itself um but yeah no um Heath Ledger knocks it out of the park in fairness. But close second is uh, Cameron Monaghan's. I'm glad you talked about him more. Yeah. Well, I just said, you know, Heath Ledger gets a lot of uh, airtime, screen time, what time. You know, appreciate a good performance when you see one. Um, cool. Moving on from the Joker, then favorite live action Catwoman. We're back to Batman Returns here. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, yeah. I like Anne Hathaway. I love Anne Hathaway's uh, performance. Um, but again, it goes to when someone asks you who Catwoman is, you think of Michelle Pfeiffer in yeah. in that amazing cat suit um, that they they uh, you know they've brought into the comic book since, mm. um, and for the Dark Knight Rises it was kind of the other way around where the comic book started taking, sorry, the film took the costume from the comic books. Um, that's how iconic the the Catwoman costume was. They the animated series they were told due to the popularity of um, Batman Returns that they needed to have the same design uh, for Selina Kyle so that there would be some sort of continuity. Um, she's amazing in the role, um, and you know she she took the role um, last minute mm. um, because originally it was meant to be Rene Russo playing Catwoman. Oh, really, and she got injured. I think. Oh, wow. I think that was the story. But uh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer all the way. She's amazing, and um, her her interplay with both the Penguin and Batman throughout the film is uh, is a joy to watch, and I, I love mm. revisiting it every every Christmas. And I hope with the news that uh, Michael Keaton is coming back, that we may see Michelle Pfeiffer reprise the role at some point. That would be amazing. Do you know in the, um, I know none of you guys really watch it, uh, but in the Arrowverse. There is a Easter egg from Burton's 89 where it's Keaton's um, likeness used on the cover of a newspaper. And it says Bruce Wayne to marry socialized Selena Kyle. So like possibly if that continuity is still kind of even is fringe continuity, there is a chance that Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne could be married in the Flashpoint movie. That would be awesome. I guess we'll yeah. wait and see. Um, you won't get any disagreements here. 
Uh, I think it might be another unanimous decision unless Ray goes for the Gotham character. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Incredibly underage and two terrible character. Um, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer just has like real magic to the role. The other thing is Anne Hathaway suffers a bit from the writing in Dark Knight Rises. Mm. She doesn't really get agency and she's saved by Bruce Wayne. Like it's this real woman has to be saved by Batman's magic gadget yeah. thing. Um, because he has this USB key that apparently accesses everything on the internet and deletes you. Um, but Selena Kyle doesn't need that. She doesn't get saved by anyone. Um, yeah, like she goes, beats the hell out of her own boss and all this. Mm. It's it's just, yeah, it is iconic. It had changed. You know, it's iconic when it's changed uh, the comics itself, gone back to the source yeah. material and reinvigorated it. Um, what more can you say? I, won't, I don't yeah. think I need to add anything else. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll cap it off that. I'm in total agreement as well. Um, the like, just what Michelle Pfeiffer does to that role is incredible. Again, yeah, in agreement. She's in that movie. You know, if you want kind of like a feminist kind of icon of what it, like a anti-hero could be, is kind of like what she is. Like she's she's put down by her employer at the start. She's put down by everyone around her, and then she becomes this character who rebels against all these kind of I guess males in her social circle that kind of belittle her so her boss you know there's batman she manipulates there's the penguin who she tries to manipulate and then every time she keeps seeing that they're trying to get something from her she just rebels against them so i always found that kind of interesting in that character um her origin is a bit weird but you know whatever just chalk that up to tim burton's quirky thing <laughs> you fall from a roof and kittens eat you and therefore you now Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. She literally <laughs> falls from her roof, falls on the ground, cats start nibbling her, and she does that weird eye twitchy thing like meow, meow, meow. Uh, <laughs> Does it say does it say something for when I was preparing my answers for these questions last night? I didn't even remember Halle Berry had played Catwoman. I, I completely <laughs> forgot that Trish told me um but that she goes, Oh, are you considering um Catwoman? I was just like, Yeah, yeah, Catwoman. No, as in the Halle Berry one was just like Oh no! <laughs> because I've never watched that entire movie, but it was uh, the cats licking um, Michelle Pfeiffer into existence as Catwoman that reminded me of clips of the scene and seeing how Halle Berry transforms. What happens with all this weird, with like weird cat magic or something? Oh my god! I've only seen um, the basketball scene from that film, and that was. <laughs> And with that, let's move on. We do not need to talk about that movie. Um, question six, favorite live action Gordon? This is a very quick answer because there's no need. To, we haven't seen any other ones. Um, Gary Oldman. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, God bless Pat Hingle, but he doesn't have anything to do in four films. Um, he's a little bit to do in the first one. But Gary Oldman is um, incredible throughout all three uh, film mm. all three um, Nolan Batman films and I would go as far to say that he should have been up for a best supporting actor nod uh, for his performance in The Dark Knight because he's incredible and he nearly grounds that movie yeah you're he's right the, he's, he's nearly yeah. the heart of that because it's not really a, it's not really a Bruce Wayne story it, that film it's more I think it's more a Gordon story if anything else so for me it's mm. yeah, for me it's Gary Oldman and Gary Oldman should be in everything all the time <laughs> <laughs> who else could it be um he's an amazing actor i only watched uh, darkest hour a few weeks ago mm. um he just disappears into every role he's ever done like do you hear the story where he had to get a voice coach to get back his original accent because after doing, even darkest like, hour 
No, because he'd been doing American accents for so long. He oh, sort of really? How to talk like an English person? Oh wow! Um, he just—he is utterly amazing. He really wears the character that he plays. Mm. And as Ed said, you know, nobody else actually played Gordon. You know, it was just coincidence that Pat Engel's character was called Gordon, so that he could be there. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like there's some scenes—is it in Batman uh, Forever? Where, like, Pat Engel looks like he's reading his lines off cardboard. Yeah, we were you know, joking about this before up. the session started. <laughs> Eddie knows the line off by heart. Go on, it's Eddie. In Batman, it's in Batman and Robin where Mr. Freeze has just destroyed the whole place to get some jewels. And he walks over to Poison Ivy and he says, well, Miss Isley, you just met the most sinister man in Gotham. Like, why are you standing there? Go do your job. But he just, like, he just walks off, off stage. Like, there you go. You just met us. You're the commissioner. How does he know who Miss Isley is? Oh, they met earlier on. Okay. I think she, yeah, and she's just a scientist in it at the start. Um, I don't think she's um, Poison Ivy by that point. Um, so you, you, are you in agreement with that one, Rob? Gary Oldman, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, even if you're just to say who's the best actor who played Gordon, who else mm. could it possibly be? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm again, you won't find any disagreement here. Um, I think his role has been so iconic that it even defined when Gotham, the TV show was being pitched. I think that's what they were going for. They were kind of a real grounded Gotham GCPD with a kind of rookie cop working his way up through the ranks to kind of weed out the, the kind of the, the rot inside the GCPD. But then, you know, people are idiots and they kind of go, well, you can't have a Batman movie TV show. We know Batman. It's like, yeah, he's there. Look, he's a kid, but he's not going to be a part of the TV show. That doesn't make sense. I want to be a TV show. And then the kid becomes the main focus, and it's just terrible then. It's, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, okay, Gary Ullman, <laughs> unanimous decision. I should yeah, get a gavel. More, again, more chat about Gotham than anything yeah. Well, look, we, I we had to sit through. You didn't. Well, you know, I, I suffered because you didn't have to. We need an episode where Ed just explains to us how bad Gotham is, but why he watched it all. Me, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, cool. We'll move on then. Um, number seven, favorite live action Alfred. Again, this is I. Yeah, it's it's Michael Caine. Uh, okay, he's uh, oh, <laughs> difference of opinion here. Um yeah, Michael Caine every day. He's um he he's the he's the Alfred that we never really got to see in the Burton and Schumacher films because mm. we get to see Alfred as the the man who is bringing up Bruce Wayne from childhood through the death of his parents through adolescence. Yeah. In that kind of surrogate father kind of way. Yeah, and um and there's, you know, Michael Caine can uh, can move you to tears as he did when I watched The Dark Knight Rises. I was like, God damn you, Michael Caine. Um, he's he's amazing. And um, I love Michael Goff. Michael Goff is great. But um, I, I think, uh, yeah, Michael Caine just nips it for me. Hmm. Rob? I'm going to go for a slightly subversive answer. Um, it's couched in the fact that you know who Alfred is. And mm. want Alfred to be really interesting. You know, he has kind of a strange backstory. And that's why I chose Jeremy Irons. Um, he's just oh. that little bit younger. Um, mm. It's a little bit more dynamic. And I think if, you know, Ben Affleck got his own Batman movie to direct, 
it could have been really something you might have seen. Mm. So it's, I will admit, it's not necessarily based on what you see on screen. It's what I hoped it could be eventually. Yeah. Um, and I think Jeremy Irons could have given us a really fantastic Alfred. Yeah. Um, he... There's interesting bits in Jeremy Irons' Batman. Like, um, It's something I, I've always noticed, but I don't think I've ever heard it discussed on podcasts. Or, or, you know when you see those really crappy YouTube videos where there's like a random thing circled as an arrow pointing at it? Um, but when he's the guy in the chair for Batman, I, d- I can't remember if it's in Justice League or BVS, but he's wearing um, like a military kind of cardigan you know those like the the kind of dark green and it's got like those patches on the shoulder he actually is wearing like a military kind of under armor kind of thing yeah and exactly. it's like oh that's a really good nod to him yeah. being in rac or, or whatever like british army forces he was in back in the day and like he's pulled it out and, and every time he's the guy in chair he wears that so it's almost like his um <laughs> I was gonna say butler suit, <laughs> butler man. <laughs> but it's like it's almost like his costume that he puts on when he's in in involved in the action. Yeah, so like day to day. I think that's exactly kind of what I meant by it. Is like Christopher Nolan's trilogy is missing that sort of powerful, ba- like Alfred or Oracle run. Mm. And mm. Ben Affleck gets that Alfred. He gets an Alfred who actually helps him. Like you even see, is he doing like some soldering or something? He's like fixing yeah. Batman's uh, voice box. Like he really is there to help. He's more than just this guy who cooks him breakfast and then steals his notes from his lover. Yeah, yeah. Um, good point. Yeah, he's he's really pinnacle in that little group of that Batman would be. And even that nice hint to the dead Robin. Um you can tell mm. there's there's more there. There's there's an awful lot more story there that we just didn't get, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's pity. Um yeah, my my choice then for that is actually Michael Goff. Um <laughs> just purely <laughs> Because I need to be, you know, different from you too. But um, in one way, he's he's just a lovely kind of like elderly gentleman character. He's like embodies the role of the butler. Again, took over from the 1966 style Alfred. You know, <laughs> Eddie's nodding his head in complete disagreement. Um, but like, you know, he still has like the quips. Um, you know, like I guess I guess he was just doing the best of what he had but like in, in a way weird way to him he's the continuity of the batman movies from the 80s i mean you know he's the consistent element through those four movies granted he got completely shafted towards the end but you know they try to involve him a bit more towards the, the end is um is the batman uh and robin the one with mr freeze isn't it and where it's it's alfred dying from the same disease that freeze's wife did and you know their mission is basically to try and get this chemical back from mr freeze to help alfred um i don't know i just i, I like the guy as a character I, I thought he embodied it well granted he doesn't have like the the gravitas and the kind of historic historic kind of background that the other two kind of nod or even show um but i think he does really good with the role and that's my choice and i stand by it he is yeah. great he is good. Yeah. He is that nice older Batman. And more importantly, he's related to Barbara. Or what's her name? It's not even Barbara Gordon, is it? Oh, it's... In... it's um... Christ. Um... I don't know. I Completely blanked off my head. Someone can Google that and we can mention it again. Right. Cool. Do you uh, want to we'll... talk a little bit about Sean Pertwee before we go? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's actually great. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he actually is great. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Pertwee. 
you know, where's the Gummidge's kid? Doctor Who's kid, you know? I'm, I'm, I'll be disappointed if you don't give us a little blurb about the, the, the well, Gotham character. The, from... the thing about the Gotham character, Sean Pertry's character, is um, he actually properly is British military like that is his story he's like doesn't hide it he wears it on his sleeve he has old military buddies stay with him we try to like scam him out of money and he kicks the live and snot of him like and he's you know and he's training bruce wayne in that show Gross. it's right there master bruce seen it it's right there don't mark me around bro <laughs> you know he's proper gruff um so that's my uh gotham one per list <laughs> um Grant, we'll move on to you. We're kind of flying through these ones now. Um, number eight, favorite live action, Dick Grayson. I hated this question. Same. It's, it's very limiting. Yep. I don't watch Titans. Mm. I'm not giving Chris O'Donnell the satisfaction. <laughs> so my answer is Bert Ward. And I'm just going to leave it there. Fair enough. That. I get that. Yeah, I mean, if I had thought of that, I, that would be my answer too. I just went with Chris O'Donnell out of pure defeatism. <laughs> <laughs> because, again, like to me, the old Adam West show is like such a parody that I can't really mm. relate the characters to the actual like uh, things that exist in my mind. Um, he's not Robin. Chris O'Donnell's not Robin. For God's sakes, he's almost... How, like, what's the age difference between him and George Clooney? Why is George Clooney seemingly adopting this 20 year man. old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> it's like, hello, young friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me. Buys a hell of a shirt, though. Yeah. And socks. Like that whole spinning montage where he's like drawing his laundry by spinning it around his leg and wringing it dry. <laughs> Chris uh, yeah. O'Donnell. Just for reference, Chris O'Donnell is nine years younger than George Clooney. <laughs> wow. So it's not exactly the dynamic duo. Uh, Although I, I, will give, I will give absolute kind of um, nods that at least they made it, made an effort with. God, I can't even say this with a fucking straight face. Some elements of the bat Robin suit, like the fact that they um, in in is it Batman Forever? They obviously couldn't go with the really bright color scheme, so they made the color scheme work within a way they could but better more so with Batman and Robin where they actually have the kind of nod towards what would become the Nightwing suit where it's the black suit with the the kind of I'm glad they did that where it's like could have shown that if they needed to that Chris Don could have gone off and done his own Nightwing movie that was set in Bloodhaven or something like that that's a very good Uh, point I think he would have been a much better Nightwing than Robin it's just it's like as a kid obviously you don't even think about it as an adult mm -hmm. it's completely unbelievable um, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and explain to us how some nod to a Robin-like character in Gotham is your favorite? I don't think oh, there is one. It will be a second. It will be a second favorite, but that's what we only talk about. I, oh. I honestly don't think there is one. Um, from the the short time that I watched Gotham, <laughs> those few episodes, um, my my choice actually, funnily enough, I did, did watch Titans. Is um, the character who plays Dick Grayson that, which is Brendan Thwaites? I think his name is Thwaites tweets um it's got a weird surname um but like he his his interpretation of dick grayson obviously has way more time to breathe develop and everything but it's this real kind of like post getting out of the shadow of batman um now obviously the show drops f-bombs like they're going out of fashion you know it's just 
over the top gruesome for the sake of it um but he did delivers that role really well he's like he he's trying to get out of the game he's brought back in because there's um the girl who plays raven needs help and then he's kind of taking on almost the surrogate father role to her and but he's trying to do all the things that batman failed him doing so he basically he's going you know turn me into a weapon i'm not going to do that with these kids but in a roundabout way he kind of becomes that character anyway but then he kind of sees it from bruce wayne's point of view it's like oh this is the trouble he had to put up with from me blah 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 um but no no i think i think it's well, well worth watching if you've not watched titans it's not incredibly long it's decent and give it a shot that's yeah that has it already intrigued me and um, my automatic assumption was that robin was just a kid in it having mm. seen absolutely none of the material um yeah that's cool i like that idea of someone who's trying to rail against what he was taught yeah yeah and it is i think it got a bit of a bad rap when it first started off because some of the character designs in season one are very unusual like um the way they portrayed starfire is very controversial like you know starfire is supposed to be like an alien uh, with orange skin and i don't know in the comics she's 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 um historically always been kind of stan- scantily clad and kind of ditzy and then in the tv show she's portrayed by like an african-american woman um even her garb like where she's dressed in season one is very unusual it's like big flowing furry coats and massive hair um it's very like maybe it was needed to kind of pull you out of that like look this is just a character get with it and or don't get with it but but her character actually develops even better into season two she becomes a bit more like what her starfire character is like she doesn't have that whole dissy thing and that's probably for the best because that always rubbed me up the wrong way of why she speaks in a very weird way um but yeah, no, it's, it's well worth it. You know, the only problem with Titans is Beast Boy. I think that's his name. He's just like he's just limited to like transforming into one animal. They obviously have the CG character for one animal, and they're like, yeah, that, that's the animal we're, he's changing into all the time. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's like, um, sorry to derail a bit, but you know, in Star Trek um, Next Generation, when mm-hmm. they have that shot of the Enterprise going to warp, yeah, that's the one they reuse yeah. in almost every single episode because it costs so much. Yeah, absolutely. Go with it. Um, cool. We move on then to question nine. Uh, favorite live action Batman suit. Do we know what Eddie's is going to be? <laughs> do you know what it's going to be? I don't think you do. Uh, my favorite uh, suit is from Batman 89. Oh, no! Yeah. <gasps> oh, last minute change. Ooh. Oh, just thinking about this now. I'm just thinking... Be- I think it's... Oh, I need to have a look at the Batman Returns one. Give me two seconds. <laughs> Sorry. There's a massive difference. Is there even a massive difference? Uh, um, while he's looking that up, I'm going to answer with my one, um, on. which is the Dawn of Justice and Batman v Superman suit. And not okay, the, cra- the crazy robotic one where he beats the crap out of Superman. They're just the regular-looking Batman suit because it's really iconic of the Dark Knight Returns. It's sort of simple. Like I get that nolan was going for armor something that mm-hmm. looked stab and bulletproof this is but, the gray uh, cloth one with the fat bat on the front yes yeah yeah and the little short ears Um, it's like it's almost directly taken from dark knight returns and i don't oh yeah care. i mean it's great I, I, I think even when kevin smith said he got a preview of the suit he was just like it's it's the fat bat suit it's the yeah. dark knight return suit it's it's amazing like it's even yeah, it is it other than the short ears it's very reminiscent of mm. uh the arkham game as well mm. like the the very kind of dark gray even the texture on it's kind of cool it has like those mm. small lines and things um it just it looks great um it's not a rubber kind of prosthetic suit that michael keaton has that clearly he yeah. can't move his head um i just I yeah really like i 
I like everything about it, bar the short ears. I've never been able to get past that. I don't like the short ears. I prefer, I prefer longer ears. And I've yeah, if you if you put if you put like the if you put a bit a few more inches in those ears, I I would be saying it's my favorite bat suit. But well, it's not. did you did you uh, find the picture you were looking for, Ed? Yes, and it confirms what I was thinking. Um, so the classic Batman symbol from the Burton films. If you see the um, on the poster for Batman, it's the mm. classic symbol we all know. But if you mm. look at the bat suit, it's more complicated, and there's more. What you what would you call them? The um, it has the the ridges, the two extra ridges. Um, yeah. So where you have the tail and the wing going out, there's two extra small ridges each side of the wing. Yeah. That point down because it wasn't that they weren't um they hadn't signed off on the finals symbol yet. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and yeah, so the, the there's a subtle difference between the Batman Returns suit and the Batman '89 suit. Mm. Um, it's the chest it, armor, isn't it? No, it's the symbol. the The symbol is less complicated on the Batman Returns suit, um, and more streamlined. And uh, for that reason, that's my favorite. And I again, it's the it's the classic look. Uh, obviously, it makes no sense that he can't turn his head. But mm. it looks cool and uh, and has long ears, so yeah. yeah, that's my choice. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with Ed on this one. Um, the '89 suit is just iconic. I mean, like you know, whatever about the 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 other two to follow that from the Clooney and Kilmer suits. If I wish someone would just take those out of my brain, um, like that suit kind of the restrictions kind of defined the character. So with the kind of like restrictions on neck turning, it gave him that kind of unusual kind of, you know, he has to move his entire back backwards to look up, but he has to move his entire upper torso to the left or right to look left or right. Um, it has that iconic bright yellow circle thing that kind of, you know, they could never get away with it. Maybe they just weren't com- confident enough, like keeping out as something dark, but you know, that's the, the point. And I, I think is in the comics where, you find out that that uh, chest plate is made from the gun that Joe Kill, Joe Chill used to kill Bruce Wayne's parents. So like, it's bright and yellow because criminals will always kind of shoot at that point because their eye is directed towards it because they can't really distinguish the, the dark of the suit. So they always tend to shoot at the chest plate and that chest plate is protected with the gun that killed his parents. So in a way, the gun that killed his parents is protecting him. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, no, that, that suit's just the best yep agreed um right on on to question 10 the 10th and last question of this session i think and it's probably one that we'll probably spend a little bit of time on favorite live action bat vehicle that isn't the batmobile uh it is the batwing from batman 89 um doesn't do a lot Mm. flies around it weirdly manages to take up all those balloons (laughs) but the eye it's so corny but i love the shot when it uh it's silhouetted against the moon yeah um the design is cool it looks like the the streamlined bat symbol um Mm. and yeah it's it's nerdy comic booky fun um and I, I think that's what you're looking for in these sort yeah. these films. So that's that's my answer. It's it's so much better than the bat. I like the bat enough. It fits in the world, 
but it, it does a le- it does a less good job than the tumbler does fitting in. You know, so, I'd completely disagree with you. Thinking back to the movie in my head, I was like, oh yeah, the bat was cool. But then you look up those photos of it during the daytime, and it looks like something from Transformers or one of those autonomous vehicles from the Terminator. Really? When they like shoot back, it just looks like this really blocky thing that doesn't look in the least bit aerodynamic. I get that it's supposed to be intimidating, and that's the idea with the tumbler too. It's something that you really wouldn't want to stand in front of when it came towards you. Yeah. Um, but for the same reasons that the Batmobile in that in 1989 or Returns is amazing, the Batwing in that it's the same thing, and that's my answer too. Um, the silhouette is ridiculous. I love that he seems to have done it. When no one could possibly see him do it, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, in the Dark Knight Rises when he um, ridiculously lights this bat signal on the bridge. It's like when did he get time to do that, and why? <laughs> Batman, and he's Batman. You wasted an entire afternoon where you could have been hunting down the Joker, but instead you yeah. please your own ego by putting a flame bat. On the <laughs> in fairness, the reason he, the reason he does that is to uh, give people hope that he's back and can help mm. i know i know and it, but it's the same thing with that silhouette like it's a big cloudy day and he goes up and <laughs> shows that symbol on yeah. the moon and uh I, but i it, think the, still... the, the nolan movies always use like it's it's almost like someone's just put into a room with a couple of items and say uh make this so you just have to use the real world items around like even with the bat symbol like in the first movie you know the origin was just a lad placed on a spotlight and it's shown up and it's kind of like what the hell is that <laughs> just like on a on a spotlight the heat I, from that thing must have cooked them i was gonna say <laughs> were you gonna say that i was gonna say that yeah so oh, I, right. i'd imagine like his whole back his back would just be like glowing red <laughs> he's burns batman doesn't kill people he just horrendously burns them guys the me <laughs> he'll walk again um so is that is that your answer as well, Rob? The, the Batwing? Absolutely my answer. I mean, what more can you say about a vehicle that has a giant set of scissors on the front of it? Yeah. Um, it's it's just, it's robust, it's dynamic, um, but it's just beautiful as well. I mean, mm. you have to accept that these are comic book movies and it's okay for things to look a little bit silly. Yeah. Um, but it, because of the beautiful kind of clean look it has, um, and it's, not to use the word too often, it's very iconic mm. and it is literally a flying bat symbol um yeah that's my choice yeah um mine is kind of going against like where you guys normally pick the current movies and i go with the historic ones mine is actually going to be the bat bike aka the bat pod um mainly um because of the way it's revealed but also how fucking cool it is it's just amazing um, I think myself and Eddie have watched like the scene, the 4K scene on on YouTube a couple of times where that comes out for the first time, and it's just amazing. Um, it, part of me kind of wonders if they were inspired by the scene. Is it in Batman Returns or maybe the first one? It must be Batman Returns, where the Batmobile is heading towards the alleyway, and it's like we're, it's not going to fit through there, and he just this disassembles the Batmobile, so the two sides just fall off, and just the middle just goes. <laughs> <laughs> so like where you have a vehicle within a vehicle but just the reveal of the bat pod where he like clicks these buttons and it goes back down and into the wheel section and then the lads are approaching the vehicle with their guns and they just hear all this whirling and me- mechanisms like kicking off and then it's just like, and this just comes out and it's i don't know it just 
the cinematography of that bike race and where he's trying to escape them is just amazing. Like, I like, just absolutely love that vehicle. That's it. And isn't that the same vehicle he uses to flip the truck as well? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. He does a very similar thing. Um, he is it. He shoots out the steel wiring and he goes around two poles and does it. And that's where he does. Is it the iconic drive up against the wall and flip over maneuver? Yeah. Um, I have a picture beside uh, one of those bat pods because they for the Dark Knight Rises they brought Warner Brothers brought over one of the bikes. Uh, yeah. And they had it up beside uh, the the Lewis air transport system, which was covered in Dark Knight Rises posters. And they had it outside there, and I was working outside it, so I went out and had a look, and it's so cool in person. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So that wraps up episode one of Screen 17's uh, Batman Questionnaire of Isolation. Um, join us next time where we pick up on question 11. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.